The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus put before the people another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slave said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat as well. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first, bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. The Gospel of the Lord. Once again, welcome everyone. We heard this first reading, it seems very strange, but we have to understand it in the context of the time. This is the Old Testament prior to the coming of Christ. And God is trying to establish a relationship with his people because he has many things planned for them and for us. What he does is he proposes a offer of marriage in the form of his very being. He reveals who he is in the Ten Commandments. So on Mount Sinai, he gives to Moses the law, the Ten Commandments. And then through Moses, he says, will you accept my offer, spiritually speaking, of marriage? In the first reading, the people answered with one voice, all the words that the Lord has spoken, we will do. So there's the acceptance. And there's a covenant form. A covenant is an exchange of persons. God is revealing the deepest sense of who he is in the Ten Commandments. And the people are saying, we will follow them. Moses then builds an altar, sets up 12 pillars, corresponding to the 12 tribes of Israel, bringing all the people together. He then sacrifices oxen and takes half the blood and puts it in basins and dashes it against the altar. The altar represents God. The other half he puts in basins and splashes the people. So the blood acts as a kind of bridge or mediator, bringing God and the people together in a kind of kinship, blood relatives. It's the closest thing that could be established at the time, the closest intimacy. And so we have this beautiful covenant, God and his people. Now, how long does this last is the next question. If you read through the book of Exodus, you see that almost the very next event, the people turn back on their promise. The very first commandment was do not build a graven image and worship it. You shall have no other gods before me. There's the true covenant, the marriage. You're not to commit adultery. And what do the people do? Well, Moses is still on the mountain, and he's delayed somewhat. He's there 40 days. The people become impatient and ask Aaron to build a golden calf. And then they worship it. And then Aaron builds an altar as well. It's a caricature of what we just heard in that first reading. It's mocking, really, what happened in their first covenant. And there's a great falling away, a great apostasy, like a divorce. 
similar to the fall of Adam and Eve. As a consequence, Israel will wander in the desert for the next 40 years and not enter the promised land, which was God's desire. What the forbidden fruit was for Adam and Eve, the golden calf is for Israel. And as a result, the priesthood of the firstborn of those 12 tribes is taken away and given only to the Levites. So a great privilege is removed. And then an entire system of sacrifices is instituted by God because the people have worshipped an animal, golden calf, and so now they are to sacrifice these animals daily so that they would break from that idolatry. God wants no others in that intimate relationship but himself and his people. That's the first reading explained. But it is a type or preparation for actually what we're doing here today. Because in the New Testament, God goes even further than the Old. He himself takes on our nature. He becomes man. And he's the bridegroom, and he's beckoning his bride, the church, to enter into this deep spiritual marriage. And how does he give himself in this marriage? He gives himself body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. That's why what you're doing here today is so important. What God initiated in that first reading way back in the Old Testament, thousands of years ago, he still wants to accomplish with us. But there's always that temptation, just as the first people fell away, they worship idols, an idol can be anything, really. Money, power, pleasure, anything that you put ahead of God. That's still a temptation. But God has instituted this beautiful church and this liturgy, this mass, so that we can come every Sunday and renew the covenant and say to God, yes, I'm still in relationship with you. And to prove that, I will come forward with my hands out and receive you in the most intimate way possible and take you into myself. That's union. The people of the Old Testament, remember, were splashed by the blood. We, and that was just blood of animals, Jesus is the Lamb of God who gave himself to us. We drink his blood. I know that sounds strange, but it's actually the blood of Christ. And we are drinking that blood because Christ is coming into us. There's the marriage. No human person could have thought this up. This had to come from God. And it's so beautiful, and so I'm so happy that you're here, and your children are now going to enter into this beautiful covenant this spiritual marriage, and see, that's why you're dressed as brides. It's a beautiful acceptance, just as the people of the Old Testament accepted and said, yes, we will do everything that you command us. We still have the Ten Commandments. We have the Sermon on the Mount and the teachings of the church. We have this beautiful sacrament. So with that, let us thank God that he still offers himself in this beautiful way and continue to say, yes, I am yours and you are mine. And then together we grow in love and God has something even more beautiful in mind for us, and that's eternal life. The beatific vision of the Blessed Trinity forever in heaven, where we will be one with God and with the saints and angels. Everlasting joy. That's what God has in mind for us. That's what we're doing here today.